This is Vanessa. And Vanessa. And this is shit on the table. You fucked up. Okay. We have a mask on, so I'm like, whatever. We are grooming. We are a grooming podcast for groomers by groomers. We talk about the everyday of life of grooming, hot topics, and tell your stories. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're like kind of back in action. Yeah. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Yeah. And fun fact, I got a breast reduction, so I don't have any... (laughs) I don't have any grooming things. So basically what happened for me was I worked my ass off all of December because I had a scheduled surgery for a breast reduction um, for, what was it, the 4th of January. Yeah. Right? So I killed myself. Everything that could go wrong, actually nothing really went wrong. Like I just was so busy. Yeah. So I yeah, just you stacked yourself on purpose. I stacked myself on purpose, try to get all the kids done. And then like, I think two days before my surgery, uh, right around the time I'm supposed to get, I was supposed to go get a COVID test. Um, the surgery was scheduled in the local hospital out here, the medical center, the, the university medical center out here. Mm-hmm, it's a teaching hospital. At the teaching hospital. Um, it, I was scheduled for the teaching hospital. But uh, COVID decided it wanted to Omarion us mm-hmm. right then. And we also had the flu going around at the same time. Yeah. So everything got canceled. Which really sucked for me because I had just gotten... So for Christmas, my daughter got sick. So throwing up everywhere and then so we missed christmas a couple days later um my other daughter got sick so and then towards the new year's i got sick too and um essentially like new year's was done right and then right right around new year's basically it was canceled my surgery was canceled but it sucked because like at that same time our symptoms started to shift and it went from us throwing up to us having sniffles Mm -hmm. sinus headaches and coughs and that's when we suspected that we may have gotten covid again or just like such a mild strain of it because we just had it um we were we weren't anything like it wasn't spectacular you know nobody's breathing was scary nothing was scary about that situation it's just that sinus pressure headache yeah that I've only ever gotten with having COVID in August that was the only thing that made me think like oh we might have a Marion and so we couldn't actually get any testing and by the time we actually got tested we all came out negative and I took a couple days off of work because my ske- my surgery was canceled and I was burnt out. I just, that was supposed to be my time for recovery. So I just took a couple days off and then, yeah, I went back to work. So it was kind of like a clusterfuck for the holidays. Yeah. Um, the dogs were all good. I got tipped out pretty well. Um, I missed Christmas, which sucked, but whatever and then so the past couple weeks I have I rescheduled my surgery my surgery was rescheduled for the 28th of February so I was like thinking okay everything should be fine it just sucks but Mm -hmm. then they rescheduled it last second for the 31st of January because my doctor is leaving and I'm very adamant that I wanted this particular doctor yeah he's going on for like bigger and better things so 
that's when I had to crunch down again. I barely saw my friends. I barely saw my family for the like the whole middle of January. I was stacking dogs. So I was doing like six to eight dogs. And you guys know I don't believe in a five-day work week. But I was working five, six days. Um, pretty much th till the day before. And this time it was at a surgery center. Um, so I didn't have to do like the, the big COVID like tests and stuff like that. I didn't have to do any of that. So yeah, it was, it was a pretty quick surgery. Um, first two days, I'm really bad when it comes to, um, anesthesia mm -hmm, me too. and painkillers. Not that I hate it. I'm just going to I'm going to be flat out and honest with you. I don't get very good sleep generally. Mm -hmm. So when I'm under anesthesia and I'm all fucked up, I take that as an opportunity, you know, <laughs> but I was basically asleep for 2 days. Yeah. And then the first week was a little rough for me because I had been killing my body for a couple weeks and then I just get hit with anesthesia and um, painkillers. I was taking them on the regular because that's what you're supposed to do. Even though the doctor was like, yeah, after two days, most people start weaning themselves off, which I was doing. Mm -hmm. But like the first two, three you days. You wean yourself off of painkillers? Well, they want you to take them every four hours. Uh-huh. They, yeah. they do not want you to feel pain. Yeah. Because that can inhibit healing, the healing process. Uh-huh. Um, and keep in mind, guys, like you need to be able to heal... So that way, later on, the pain isn't as bad or it's a little bit more manageable. There's less complications. Yeah. So, yeah. So they want you to heal. So it's like every four hours is a lot of painkillers. That's a lot of time to be fucked up. When I had my abdominal surgery, I didn't, I had to take my painkillers, I think, every six hours. And I didn't, they only gave me painkillers enough for three days. What painkillers did they give you? I don't remember. But they were painkillers. When you had, had your C-section? No, my um, endometriosis surgery. Your endoscopic one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the ins the indecisions for the endoscopic ones are smaller. Yeah, but it's still it's, considered abdominal surgery. I know, but doctors think that because the incisions are smaller, in their mind you're dealing with less pain, even though... They scrape my fucking insides? Yeah. <laughs> they don't fucking care. No. So they they honestly look with their eyes. If the incisions are bigger, they think you're going to be in yeah. more pain, which isn't exactly the case. Because when I had my C-section scar, that was definitely more painful than this breast surgery. And the C-section is a smaller incision, but it's the location. And so, like, if you're getting your uterus scraped and having an endoscopic surgery, and yeah. so you're having a very small incisions which blows my mind because it shouldn't be what the incision looks like it should be what they have done inside your body it should be honestly communication with the patient every fucking day how is your pain this is what i recommend as far as pain maintenance yeah yeah but they don't do that because that's not how life works because we're no. not we're not we don't get the cool stuff like free health care <laughs> no you're not like a man yeah <laughs> <laughs> her husband just got a vasectomy we're gonna get into that in just a second but like it's true because my husband got a vasectomy and he got all the good drugs like all the good drugs i've never gotten valium i've never gotten valium i got xanax one time when i got my uh wisdom tooth taken out i know he was telling me he's like yeah someone was telling me it feels like a scrape and like pinches and it's like 
oh, so it's like getting a pap smear yearly. Yes. I'm like, that doesn't sound that bad to me. And he's like, it sounds bad. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I we dealt with that like every year. Yeah. If, if, if you gave me a prescription for one Xenix every year so I can get a pap, I will get a fucking cab. Or yeah. Uber, or I'll get a ride. I yeah. will, and I will do that for my girls, too. Yeah. Give it to me. But they... Never. Uh, never before surgery have I ever had to take... And that's probably why I carry so much trauma, and I have such a weird pain tolerance. Oh, all women. 100%. Yeah. Like, our pain tolerance is a lot higher than men, because we have to. Yeah. We have no other choice. Yeah. Like, I bleed for two days after a pap smear, and it hurts. Yep. Every time. But, you know, men get two volumes and painkillers oh after God. their vasectomy. I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hate the patriarchy. <laughs> so where was I? And I'm not trying to minimize, like, what my husband's going through, but it's just, like, where, like, why can't we get that stuff? At when- least offer it yeah i can say no you said no to drugs after your c-section yes but they did offer it you know they offered to give me painkillers they didn't give you any good painkillers they give you the coating with the half ibuprofen oh probably i don't know they didn't say what it was gonna be i just said every single time i've got a c-section it's the ibuprofen slash coating and then they give you it's Tylenol slash coating and then they give you the ibuprofen so you alternate yeah no that's stupid yeah. But yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so the procedure was pretty easy. Everything looked good from the gecko. Yeah, they look great. Yeah. And we've been getting like daily updates. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting all of the gross pictures. So, towards the end of the first week, um, I started having like, I started freaking out because I had, um, like a prescription for antibiotics right Mm -hmm. and they took the prescription away and so i thought it was just like the because the for some reason the walgreens out here in vegas has been kind of weird doesn't matter which walgreens it is they have been very weird on the way they're filling their prescriptions it's for some reason it's not easy to fill prescriptions and if anything is considered a controlled substance which almost all drugs are you can't get a prescription for like three months. You have to do it month to month. And they like automatically like stop the refill of prescriptions. So like you have to go back to calling them all the fucking time. Hmm. Yes, I've been having problems with them. So anyway, I'm thinking like, oh, it's another one of their fuck ups. They're not, they're out of stock or they're, they don't have the generic of this particular antibiotics, which is cephalexin, which is a, just a generic antibiotic, right? So I'm calling the surgery center, not the, I called the surgery center. They told me, oh, you gotta call the plastic surgery center. I call the plastic surgery every day for five days and I never once got an answer for any of the voicemails I left in two departments. Had a call. Oh my God. I had a message on Facebook, actual UNLV medicine, the whole thing. Like, the whole conglomerate, not just UNLV uh, plastic surgery. I had to do the whole conglomerate and be like, hey, 
I haven't gotten an answer back. And am I supposed to be on antibiotics? Because I just had surgery and I'm thinking I'm dying and going into sepsis and shock and <laughs> stuff like that. Because my titties started to smell. Yeah. And I'll explain more into that. But, like, they started to smell. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's infection. That's putrid. It's, like, rotting flesh. Which yeah. it is, technically. But it doesn't mean it's infection. It just means it's rotting flesh. Anyway, so I'm freaking out. And finally, after a full seven days after my surgery, somebody finally came in contact with me. Everybody's apologetic. And I'm thinking in my head, you're... And the worst part is, is that when you leave a message, when you press the option to leave a message for Mm -hmm. whomever, they hang up on you. Like the system automatically hangs up on you. To leave a message? To leave a message. So basically they don't want you to leave a message. So you have to stay on hold for 30 minutes before they say the call the call log is like everybody's too busy um everybody's on the other line with somebody else leave a message until they say it's okay to leave a message that's the only way you can leave a message this is our health care you can't opt out where you know hey can i get a call back press one you can't do that you press one to get the call back they hang up on you automatically so like i was having like one anxiety like Am I supposed to be on this antibiotic? I just had surgery. This seems yeah. like it's supposed to happen. Harvey has an antibiotic. Yeah. So why shouldn't you have an antibiotic? Exactly. I've always had an. I've had multiple surgeries. I've had my gallbladder removed in two C-sections, and I got like a little hair splinter removal. I did not get antibiotics for my C-section. Um, I. Th- pretty sure I did. I'm pretty and sure I got like only like a three or four day one. I didn't get any. Well, you were in the hospital for, like, a long time. That's true. You only need the in But the I beginning. never took pills. It was probably in your IV bag. Hopefully. And I, I'm, I guarantee it was. Because you, you do, they do give you antibiotics in your IV whenever you get any surgery if you have to be on an IV. Okay. Probably then. So, but, I mean, you were in the hospital. They only give you antibiotics for a few days. You only need it for a few days. Oh, then I was probably knocked out when I had my yeah. antibiotics. And it's it's only because they don't want you to get MRSA. Yeah. No, it makes or sense. Or staff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I've had just like the five dayers, the five days, sometimes seven, depending yeah. on the surgery. Was they called a Z-pack? Yeah, you get that. And they're like, yeah, you just that's you just take it till it's done, just in case. You yeah. Know? So every surgery I've had that, <laughs> and uh, I didn't get it this time, so I'm freaking out. And nobody's answering me because our system is awful, right? And I have the best, best health care in Las Vegas. Best health care. Best options. Best everything. We are the gold standard for health care. And, yeah, it still sucks. Um, and, uh, anyway, so I finally, I finally get a hold of somebody. I set up my follow-up appointment, which was 11 days after... It, which it's you're, you're supposed to see them for two weeks and by the time i get to the my 11 day update which is roughly the two weeks the smell is disgusting and you get all the instructions and basically they tell you wash pat dry um you know you can wear some paper towels or tape or not tape but um gauze or like maxi pads underneath your titties because within that crease you're always going to have like you know it's going to ooze because it's under it's in a moist area and it's a very awkward area to have an incision and 
stitches and fun junk like that. And you get steri strips on top of all the incisions and stuff like that. So the steri strips will come off. He said, do not rip them off. Let them come off in the shower. So by the 11th day, I'm like thinking I have an infection because my tits smell like death. Like it is putrid, putrid. And if you've ever smelt a dead body, like even a freshly dead body, I don't want to say freshly dead body, like an embalmed body, it smells, it has that smell. Like there's like this putrid smell. That's what my titties smell like. I've never smelt a dead person. You've never smelt a dead person? No. You've never been to a funeral? Every person's funeral that I've been to has always been cremated. Oh. I've never seen a dead body. Okay, yeah. There's there's a putrid smell. And it's like... It gets worse when they're preserved, but it, that smell doesn't go away. That's even disgusting. If, even if they're preserved. I mean, I'm sure I know what it smells like because after my C-section, I had a smell. Yeah. Then it's just a healing flesh smell. Yeah. And that area is because there's a fold from having babies. It mm-hmm. get, It's worse. It's more... It's enhanced because it's moist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely what I smelled like. Really close to my nose on my chest. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was like telling you. I was like, I think you just smell it because your tits didn't look infected. They looked like what my C-section incision looked like. Just red. Yeah. And gooey. But it wasn't like a green goo. It was like you had a white clear goo. No, which is, it, it was gross. It was blood. I, I had. Was I, it green though? Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't green. It was more... Like orange, yellow, and Mixed but with blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. So like Like that looks like healthy I don't know. Looked healthy. So anyway, he I get there and the doctor's touching my tits <laughs> and <laughs> he's basically saying, Okay, you gotta take these steri strips off, right? But you're like, You said not to. You said not to. He's <laughs> like, Okay, it's time to take them off now. And I'm like, Okay, cool. So he starts ripping the steri strips off that are left on. Now, mind you, most of them came off. They hurt. But the ones that are left on, they're like really on there solid. And that's still a really sore area, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I just had reconstruction of my chest. So he's ripping them off. He's like, these need to come off. And I'm like, Can't you, like, you need something? to stop. I was like, I'm going to throw up right now. I have a very high pain tolerance Ugh. to blunt pain, blunt trauma, being beaten in the face, um, like getting something ripped out of me, that blunt trauma, I'm okay with. But that slight prickly feeling of something oh, yeah. being ripped off of me. I instantly uh-huh. get anxiety. Uh-huh. It is very painful in my mind. Mm-hmm. In my mind. I know it's probably not as painful. No, as it's lo- painful. I can't take off Band-Aids. Yes. Because it hurts. I can take off Band-Aids. But, like, nah. Band-Aids on, like, a heel boo-boo is different than Band-Aids Mm-mm. on a non-heel boo-boo. Like, when they put the tape on, I hate when people don't use the vet wrap for your, when you get blood drawn, and they use the tape, and you got to rip that off. That hurts. It hurts me too. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about because the doctor ripped off my steri strips ones that I couldn't get off for my C-section. He was not gentle. Yeah. They're like, we just got to do it fast. No, you don't. No. No, you, you could don't. Go slow. Because it's okay. I, and um, and these are still open wounds. Like, yeah. It's like obviously it's healed Ugh, each layer, but it. like the last layer is still having a longer time because it's reconstructive plastic Ugh, surgery. Again. Feel it. It's awful. So I still have a couple on my nips. While the other ones are gone, just a couple on my nips. I haven't taken them off. But once I started taking off the steri strips, the smell went away. Yeah. But now, so um, after my 
after my follow-up, I was worried if there was an infection, and I had planned to go out that night with my friend to, um, like, a bar that had a band that I hadn't seen in years. And it's not really a band. It's more of a singer and then, like, a DJ kind of setup. Um, but I hadn't seen them in years, so I was like, oh, I want to go see. I want to get out. Um, you know, I've been doped up for... 11 days I'm ready to go I got the all clear from the doctor he didn't really say all clear you can go out and party it was more or less like you don't have an infection so that yeah. was like in my mind like an all clear like I can do stuff and um which I can't even pick up five pounds yeah. more, no more than five pounds for six weeks so going out dancing sounds really logical fuck you <laughs> I was just using my hips and even then I was just like sitting down towards the end but Anyway, so I go and have a great time. I started getting sore, so I stopped dancing. And when I get home, and this is all in like 3 in the morning because the show was like really late. At 3 in the morning, I try to take my bra off. And because of the pus, because of the discharge, this is going to sound really gross. I had to rip my bra off. That's... And then when I ripped my bra off, I started shooting blood. Like, it started squirting blood. And then um, I saw my husband, who is... Um, he doesn't his, like that, Seth. He does not like... He's not very good with his own blood. He passes out at the sight of his own blood. And other people's blood he can handle, but, like, it still makes him uncomfortable. And I saw his uh, beautiful melanin just, like, fade from his face. He's like, I gotta, I gotta walk away. And so ever since then, I've had this issue where things are starting to scab up and crust up. But it's sticking is sticking to things and I'm constantly having to reopen boo-boos and I don't know what to do. So like if you've had a breast reduction surgery and you're at that healing crusty itchy stage, how do you get stuff to stop sticking to you and not having to rip it off? Cause I'm taking two showers a day because one, I can't handle the smell of rotting, healing, uh, gross flesh. And two, like I, I'm using gauze he said maxi pads. He said to use maxi pads to help with the with the the discharge. Yeah. But I'm thinking like that's gonna suck ripping a maxi pad off versus like a light piece of gauze. But I don't know. So either sounds painful. They all sound painful, right? <laughs> so like, what do you guys? If you've had a breast reduction, let me know. Oh, you should have said something because I just gave my sister my pads from, and I buy was buying organic pads for my incision. I had pads left over. I could have given it to you. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll probably pick some up on my way home. Just Do you need track. padsicles? Padsicles? You know what? I just gave... Um, I just had a, a whole box of padsicles. Well, these are frozen already if you want padsicles for your boobs. No, I don't. Because my husband <laughs> got like... I told him... I also started my period. And I don't use pads or tampons generally. I don't. I either free bleed it during when I'm home or I cup it. When I'm doing stuff. And bending over is a little difficult. Mm -hmm. So cupping it, it was just not my jam. So I told my husband to go get me some pads. <laughs> and he gets me... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets me diapers. He gets me, like, the, the, the pads. The nighttime, the overnight. The overnights, but it's not even the overnight for your period. It's the overnight for bladder control. So, like, I... It, so, he went too far into the aisle. He went too far into the aisle. So, like, and now I have to give those to my grandma. I can't fit those under my boobs. They're too big. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny. So I have a big bag of overnight, like, incontinent, incontinent pads that... Actually, you should text my sister. She might want them. She's, like, me heavy. Very heavy. No, these are huge. They don't even fit in my underwear. So how do old people wear them? They have the big underwear. That's why it's called granny panties. Uh-huh. Like, regular underwear doesn't even fit. It goes all the way up. Well, you should still text her. She might take them. Like, she, we are have Like, when I was her age, I bled through everything. Okay, well, I still have a grandma who uses those. Okay. Yeah. She's broke. So is my grandma. <laughs> it's so funny. Because, like, I get... <laughs> Like, I'll give them to my grandma. She had four kids, so, like, she's been needing them for a while. Oh, so she's, like, incontinent, incontinent. Oh, yeah. Kids kids fuck you up. I lost my bladder. Or, I lost my gallbladder. She lost her bladder bladder. So. Yeah. I'm Happens. curious as to what I lost. Because my bladder control... I never peed myself. I never peed myself. During pregnancy. And my bladder control is still in amazing shape. Yeah. I, I've never peed myself... I think I sharded myself when I was pregnant from this last pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I sharded myself after. That was it. And when I mean shard, it was like those stool softeners that they give you with your painkillers and like to help you poop. Yeah. It makes your shit oily. So like I had like a oil slick in my butthole like I couldn't control. It was really gross. This is getting really gross, guys. But anyway, so... <laughs> So, anyway, so, like, I, that's what I've been doing for the past three weeks, so I haven't been grooming. I killed myself up, and again, up until the point where I actually went to surgery this last time, and so I'm taking it easy. I'm also planning a trip to Costa Rica because we had a trip planned for Japan, but we had to refund it because Japan is closed, so we're going to go to Costa Rica instead, and, yeah, so, um, just living with pain um some fresh new titties that are disgusting looking but i still love them and uh yeah just playing my life so i think i mentioned last what august i want to say july august that i signed up for iga Mm -hmm. okay this is how long guys that i signed up for iga i finally finished the certified professional groomer part one track one resource manual like the first thing you're supposed to do on the damn checklist that they have given you finally finished it and i have thoughts so um if you guys have done any sort of like tracking your um or like trying to continue your education and getting like certified in just being a pet groomer or like a certified master groomer. Mm-hmm. If you've used IGA or NGAA, please reach out because, like, I I don't know what is better or worse. I just chose IGA because it's international, and I was like, ooh, international superstar. I don't know. That's just where my mind went. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose IGA. I don't know if it's better or it's worse than NGAA. And I think they're fairly comparable. Exactly, and I don't know any other programs that are well known enough to be considered a certified master groomer right yeah so i'm starting the track one starting from the beginning and i think you can test out and just start different tracks but then i was like i don't know i didn't look far enough into it because studying is not my forte yeah 
like if you put me in a classroom setting i am great if it's something i'm passionate about or it's something i need to know i will listen i will comprehend yeah notes homework tests are not good for me just i can't do it well and if you leave me to my own devices exactly exactly (laughs) so i'm being left to my own devices so i finally fucking finished the book just the part one book there's a second book so i gotta do that and so here are my thoughts this is 2022, right? Yeah. I am hoping a new edition comes out. Because this new edition for the resource manual, it seems like the, most of the information is from 2018. And So, like, four years ago. Yes. Which doesn't seem like that far away. But in, like, the first couple chapters, they have a lot from like veterinary medicine and stuff like that their resources and references are from like veterinary medicine and then there's also some from like caesar milan wait caesar milan is referenced in these books it's referenced in these books and as we all know he is a disgraced dog trainer and he is complete com- completely thought they should of know as better. the lowest standard of dog training so, like, and I'm not saying, like, okay, yeah, you put a lot of money and you invest into these books and you start a curriculum and the curriculum um, needs to be changed, but, like, you have all these books and stuff like that. I don't know how it works, like, returning things and then redoing things, and I know that sounds pretty expensive, but, like, and then also, like, is there resources online where you're, like, oh, this is updated criteria for, for chapter, this particular chapter, you know what I mean? And then also, like, if there is updated resources somewhere out there on the internet, because it's easier to put on the internet than it is on paper, because it's cheaper, it should be on that checklist, because I really can't, I cannot be bothered, I know this sounds really stupid, but I cannot be bothered to go further into the paperwork that you give me. It needs to be super easy, hey, just so you know, chapter one has been edited, when you hit chapter one, go to this website. And then I can read chapter one. You know what I mean? Or, you know. So anyway, there's a, there's a couple things. The graphics on here. And I know one of the... One of the... They're handmade graphics that are basically black and white in... Like hand-drawn? Hand-drawn. Okay. And I'm sorry. So kind of like uh, the notebook. The... Um the grooming table side notebook okay no the notes of the grooming table that's what i'm trying their, to say their hand-drawn graphics are, are incredibly be- much better than in this in this manual this manual like the life cycle of a tick like when they're starting to explain like the the the, the layers of skin and glands and follicles and stuff like that and and just it's 100% hand-drawn from a master groomer and I'm not taking what that master groomer said out of context I don't think it's a bad thing but like come on now like just the drawings just the drawings I cannot understand what you're trying to explain and like when what when something is written and you're trying to explain it visually because you know when you add a graphic, you know what you're saying is complicated. So you add the graphic to make it more easier and visible, like, so you can comprehend it in a second way. So the graphics have to be good. Good. And it just doesn't seem like it would be too much more of an effort to, like, put it on, like, an iPad and, like, digitally make it. You know what I mean? 
or, or just have better graphics in your book. It's doable. Exactly. You, it it's looks, 2022. It does. It looks like a five second drawing that you just copied and pasted from, you just like, you literally just scanned it from a notebook that you wrote. Your notes. Your notes. It do, looked like someone doodled it and then was like, hey, this is good it, enough. It's awful. The graphics. And then put it in there. The graphics are awful. The graphics are awful. Um, I do like how certain things that they know maybe or were on trend that they kept it vague. So I like the neutrality in certain things at the time um, in like 2018, 2019 when new information was coming out about certain things in our grooming world and they kept those things vague. And I like that. But I think we can elaborate on certain things further because you're hinting in the sense that it probably shouldn't be done by a groomer. This is probably a medical issue. If it needs to be done by a groomer or a vet asks you to do it, this is how you should do it. I think we can go further on that and elaborate more on that. Especially the ear situation. It's so controversial. But we know at this point, as groomers, as a community, if it's not needed, don't do it. One, if it's needed and the vet says to do it. The vet should do it. The vet should do it. <laughs> Or if it's like an emergency situation and the ears are matted and you have to do something in that moment for whatever reason, um, we know we need to commun communicate with the pet parent. They need to go to vet. Yeah. And you can still say no. So they kept that really vague and I really like that about that. But I think we can elaborate further on that. Like there's a consensus to it. We are all, even the old school groomers are coming to a more of a consensus about ears. And then there's eyes. And there's things I didn't know about eyes that make complete sense. I like that. But then it should be general information. There's also information here that I didn't get in my groom school. And I didn't, I, I think there needs to be a little bit more further explanation about it. Um, and that's like coat and skin. And I'm not, and I know like, oh, you need to step out further and become like a dog dermatologist or an esthetician, and then you'll get more information. And I might get more information later on in different manuals, but in this one, it, the basics were just too basic, but it was something I still didn't know. Mm -hmm. And basically it's like, oh, if they have a thicker coat, they technically... They will have thinner skin. So like dogs who have that thick double coat have... Like Akitas. Akitas. Huskies. They have more delicate Chows. skin. They have more delicate skin. Maybe that's why they're all bitches. 100%. For brushing? Yes. It brushing, blow drying, yes. bathing. Oh, 100%. You just touch them and they're screaming. Exactly. And like we're <laughs> thinking because Huskies are annoying that that's Maybe just... their skin. It's the skin thing. But I we didn't know. know that. Like that's not general information that you get in like Petsmart Grimm School or yeah. the ABC College, you know? Or in it's, you know, and it, we're, this, there's this constant debate on whether to shave and what to shave and how much to shave. And they're elaborating it on it further. And it makes complete sense how people are like, don't shave a double-coated dog unless you absolutely have to. And, but like when you know, like, hey, <laughs> the sun hits them for like two seconds, they may die, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is so it, dramatic. I get there. <laughs> 
it gives you a little bit more incentive. I don't want to say incentive, like, but it, it, it kind of fuels that argument. Like, I'm not fucking grooming your dog. Yeah. I'm not doing this to your dog. And this is Well, it just why. gives you more to educate your clients. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that they could have elaborated on it further. Or um, if there's any updated references, like veterinarian references or any updated studies well, where are done, they getting this information? The references? Well, how do they... How do they know that huskies and, or I shouldn't say huskies specifically, but like thicker double coated dogs, like how do they know the skin is thinner? Like, do they figure this out during autopsy? Like, how do they know? I don't know. You might have, I can give you the references if you want to read those books, but there's, there's veterinary references in the manual, which I do enjoy. Um, I just think they need to be updated and that's it. Like, so those are my thoughts. And, like, the wording, there's a lot of typos. A lot of typos. And... How much are you paying for this? I... Oh, it was a lot. It was, like, 300 bucks. For just that manual? No, like, the whole packet. The whole packet. Yeah, so it comes with... So, for the... Not... Okay. So, when you say the whole packet, you're talking about your... Everything that you need to get from being a a pit groomer to a master groomer. Nope. Nope. Okay, so... You're paying just for $300 for, like, the first couple modules. Okay, so it's... Because I just want to know how much people are paying to have so many problems so far. Exactly. So, and this is just in the manual. I haven't even... There's a whole fucking checklist. So, you have to do... So, this is just to be a certified pet groomer. This has nothing to do with master grooming. Oh, okay. So, they have a pet grooming one now? Well, yeah. That's cool. They've had it. So they have different tracks. So they have a basic track one and two are pretty much together. And basically it's like a certified pet professional. Meaning maybe you're an owner of a salon, but you don't, you don't actually groom. Or if you're a bather and you don't groom. So the track one is basically you're working around dogs. And so it's like the safety and knowledge portion. And so track one and track two are, are pretty much interchangeable. And so... Once you're done with track one, you're a certified pet professional. Track two, you're a certified groomer. Okay. Pet groomer. Just pet groomer. Okay. And so the, the way they do the certification for the pet grooming is incredibly easy in my eyes, and it makes complete sense. It's basically you have to groom a dog safely from beginning to end, and it has to have more than one inch of hair. So you're doing... And so, a basic haircut. But you're going to be a, a master. I'm trying to go for the master, but you have to pay by track. Okay. So track one and track two are the same. So they're you, three hundred dollars each, or three hundred dollars altogether. All it's and I don't have the exact number, so I want to say roughly three hundred dollars altogether for the packet. Of and that's one, for track, track one and track two. Track one and track okay, two. Okay, so you have they, to pay per track. Yes, you have to pay per track. Track one and track two are pretty much the same. However, if you're trying to go further than track two or you're trying to get the certifications for the track two you have to pay for the tests whenever okay, you take so your you, test so to finish everything to become a master i have no idea how much it it's is. it's probably upwards of a thousand dollars that's not including that's not including if you have to travel if you have to do a hands-on yeah, test i'm just talking about the actual schooling and possible testing i want i want to say roughly roughly a thousand dollars minus travel 
And they have and you have spelling to pay, errors. You, you have to pay for the tests. But you see where I'm going with this? I see, and I know how you are with striving for perfection. <laughs> and yes, I... So this people is, are paying upwards of $1,000, and they can't even spell correctly? Like, come on. Yes, so there's, like, a, there's a bunch of typos, and, and, um, and I, in my life, typos are my life. I am illiterate when it comes to a lot of things, but oh, I also have... But we're not a nationally recognized company. No, and I... We're individual people. And, yes, and so I have really bad ADD, so if my rhythm is interrupted, when it comes to me getting the rhythm just to even read, it fucks my shit up, and that's why I'm complaining about it. And I know you're complaining because money, value, and all the other stuff. There's literally one chapter where a paragraph repeats itself twice. And I was like, okay, fuck. Am I in the twilight zone? Is there something wrong with my eyes? <laughs> no, that would fuck me up too because I have comprehension issues. Exactly. And so that just like really irks me because yes. if you as a company can't take yourself that seriously to make sure your content is on par, then like why should the outside society yeah. within our industry take us seriously. So, and then, Does that make sense? It does. And and that's the thing, though, is, like, I understand when you're trying to get something up and running. And yeah. you may not have the insurance to back up quality control. But, like, that's the thing is, like, like when it's... This is a quality control issue. Yes. And it's a printer issue. For those, like, mistakes inside the book, right? Mm -hmm. So that quality control issue is one thing. But then also it's like, I understand you need to get through your stock before you put out anything new. Because this is, like, the fifth edition of this book. and But I feel like having someone edit your work wouldn't be that difficult. And it doesn't seem that expensive. Like, I wouldn't think it's that expensive. And so, like... I think if steps are there and in place, like, you know, if things instantly change as far as like the industry, we know, do not take anything Cesar Milan says ever. He's yeah. a disgrace. And if yeah. you put his name on any of your books, oh, man, that really hurts my soul. Yeah. Like, cause it kind of makes me not want to do it. And what's really sucks is because that one and then the the other one NGAA yeah those two are like the most known exactly and so it's kind of like you have your choices of one or the other it's yeah. kind of kind of monopolized a little bit and i know there was another one that's the one that i signed up for that was trying to make headway and i don't think it has so i kind of like wasted money but anyways but there you go cuz so, so it's like you only have your choice of these two and if this one isn't you know, so far it's, making it's irritating and a point to be perfect or close to perfect because, like, of course, you know, we're human beings and people will miss if you spell the wrong sometimes, you know, but that's where you have like multiple people checking your work, mm -hmm. but sometimes things still slip. But a whole fucking paragraph, yep, like that's a big slip, and then not taking the time to hire a better graphic designer yep and or not updating your graphics or updating graphics like come on people are possibly spending up to a thousand dollars and i think that is a little on the cheap side to be honest i think it's probably more 
with like having to do the in-person tests and paying for that and mm -hmm. like all this other stuff travel is and not then you on them you still have to pay for a yearly subscription exactly to be even to maintain to your even, masters yeah to even rep and that's what bothers me a lot and i'm not saying that that's that you shouldn't do that like i you know that's what fuels the the association right so yeah. that's what fuels the association is those fees and like i get that but it's just like it's just so much money involved that and then you should have better quality products yes and then like i understand education is 100 percent worth it like i will always fight for more education it's just that because it's such a I'm not trying to shit on them as a company. And we don't know as much as f besides one manual. Well, yes, yes. This is based off of one manual. But if this is so far what you're getting, I'm pretty, pretty positive that they probably didn't do better. You know what I mean? Like, why would they put out one shitty manual and then that's been updated as of, two, like, you know what I mean? This is their updated version that was updated in 2018. So I'm pretty positive they're all probably across the board. Yeah. Um, but I'm not trying to shit on the company. I'm just trying to, like, put out there that they should do better. Like, they owe it to our industry to do better. Yeah. You know, like... Because it, it starts getting to the point where it's like, is this a for-profit... Like, is this a non-profit, like... I don't think it's non-profit. I, that's it's what bothers me. And that's what bothers me. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get what you what you owe. If you're working in your labor, you should get paid for your labor. For sure. But I it's don't just care that, about non-profit or for-profit. It's just put money back into your business it, and make it a little bit better. Spend that extra couple hundred dollars to have a better book. Yeah. To have better graphics. Yeah. To give the people who are putting money into their education putting money into your company that they should give you fucking better quality yeah like you can still do paperback paperback is way cheaper than hardcover exactly like, i get it i don't care give me paperback but and maybe like, have better graphics exactly maybe not have two paragraphs that repeat themselves you know and <laughs> yeah and and if things are like things need to be updated and like come out with a digital version first Offer that for those who want to do the digital version so they can just read online. You don't yeah. have to spend a lot of money to print that. It's yeah. the digital version. It is not, it's, it's the money front up front and then we're already paying for the, yeah. the thing. So if the digital version is easier for some people, push that option first and yeah. have make sure that everything's updated, the curriculum is updated, the graphics are updated, and then if they need the paper copy... I mean, then just put people on a waiting list for a second. Like, they're waiting for their education anyway. It takes weeks, months, years to get to, to a certain point. Yeah. You know? And then just... The updating of content... Okay, so, like, like having to get a book that was published in 2018, that doesn't bother me because I know update book updates can take a really long time to do. So, that doesn't necessarily bother me, but... I mean, season Milan, come on. No. It, What's a doctor? Like, I get having... It It bothers me. Yeah. And the reason why it bothers me is that this is not, like, a fictional book. No. This, this is, a, is it, real this life. Is a, this is a manual. This is education. Education should be constantly updating. And if you take it as a loss because you have a bunch of hard copies and it's not, it's not up to date, take that loss. You know, recycle the books. 
take you know rewrite mm-hmm. it you should be rewriting things constantly every five years come out with a new book like a new track not a new track but like a new updated version exactly and you're not necessarily changing everything but you might like take out a few things replace a few things like exactly have and an updated version so everybody is getting the top of the line education for within that five years yeah and if you want to give out the hard copies i'm telling you a digital copy that everybody has digital copies of groomer to groomer like I mean, you get digital copies of groomer to groomer and you can get the hard copies of groomer to groomer too yeah. but like all of that information everybody has digital copies of it and you can subscribe and pay for in your package digital copies that can be easily updated edited and it be- can but i can see how that would be messy who cares for- it's not my job i know no i can for my brain i can see that being too much so now i am a hard copy person i i am both don't like digital copies um so if i'm getting a digital or not digital if i'm getting the hard copy i'm assuming that is going to be the same as the digital version and of the up-to-date if i have to go to more than one extra resource for cross-referencing, it's too much for me. It's brain overload. Yeah. So if they're constantly updating their digital or updating, hey, go to, you know, this other place for, you know, like our website and we have our updated references here or updated information in our website. Now I have three separate areas that I have to go to. I have my hard copy, I have a digital copy, and then I have to go to their website for updated. Like, see, that's too much in brain overload for me. So that, again, that is all based on communication and stuff like that. Would it be easier if somebody came out with an updated digital copy and gave you a coupon to, like, um, Office Max so you can print it out yourself if you wanted the hard copy for notes? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, there you go. That solves two problems. And if there is any new or updated information that you know will eventually be updated in the digital copy, would an email saying, hey, keep your eyes open, this is new information, would that be okay for you? Maybe. There you go. Oh, my I God. I don't know. But that doesn't seem like that would be that difficult. Yeah. And that just it just takes a little bit of effort on the like obviously the association's part yeah you know yeah or they could do like weekly not weekly but like monthly magazines or they a newsletter so they do have that so like they have all this stuff and they have like a open line of communication with all of the master groomers in the program it's all through fucking facebook and i hate facebook so i'm never on it i don't think that's smart of them I think that was the only option at the time. I think it's smart to have a Facebook group 100%, but if you're going to be presenting new information within the Facebook group, then it also needs to be included on their website or and or a newsletter or magazine. Oh, yeah, and the website is completely outdated, too. Okay, so... Yeah, it's definitely... Ah, this company is, like, making me really upset. And even though I would probably go through the same company as you and do it... Yeah. So I'm not saying, like don't do these things you know if you're listening like i'm not saying don't sign up for this company it's just a little frustrating that you're spending all this money and they're not putting money back into their company like that's really frustrating it's i hate when like companies are not easy 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're not user-friendly is the yes. term that I'm looking for. Yes, because everybody has to keep in mind that a lot of us are not going to be completely up-to-date with trends or technology. Yes, Most I'm of not us are not. I'm not techie either. But you have to make sure you're teetering that line and pushing people towards that industry mm-hmm. or the, those standards. But making things... Um, easy. Easy. And honestly, there's people in communications... There's people that do most freelance work nowadays. You don't have to go through companies. You can find somebody who's in communications and say, how do I present this website easy for this particular group of people? Right? I think that's kind of like what Cody's doing because he was telling me he's like, he just talks with businesses. So a buddy of mine just went to college, finished, and he's working on a portfolio. So he reached out to me about classics and shit on the table. Yeah. And wanted to, like, use us as portfolio. Uh-huh. So, like, we don't have to use his stuff if we don't want to. But he wanted to go through the process as if I was a paying client. Exactly. So, he understands. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. he understands. And so, I my biggest thing was, like, if, you know, I want everything user-friendly. Yeah. And so, like, what they need is, like, a Cody that goes through it and, like, helps you figure out how to make everything in the background. Yeah super easy like your website you're just like kind of like your business and like to have everything run smoothly so it's not messy exactly like everything that we have right now for shit on the table is messy yeah it's like all over the place yes and like so he kind of like consolidates it and then builds something that's user-friendly for your business yes so for your clients too and so when they go to your website it's user-friendly, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can easily just drop and click everything in if yeah. you need to change anything. That's what they need. And, like, I don't feel, like, in and it's this like an, day and age is that should, expensive. Yeah, and honestly, I think they should have an app. I don't know if they do, but I don't it believe they do. sound like they would. Yeah, but I think they should. If it's an association and you're constantly getting, like, blurps and updates and stuff like that, It there. I have an app for just communicating... Um, with my your school uh, huh your school your teacher right yeah okay so like i have uh, let me tell you how yes my school so like i can communicate with all the teachers and just my daughter's school and they post a newsletter and they post like memories and kids and stuff like that and i also have an app for my time clock so it keeps track of like the hours that I work, what oh, my base work. for work, but you can also message people on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owner can put updates to anything when it comes to construction, and it's all done in real time. Yeah. So, like, if there is an app, if we're paying for an association, have an app, and if there's like some cool new product that we get discount codes for being with the association, oh, put it on the app. We can go back in the app. Yeah. And just scroll back. Apps are where it's at, to be honest. Like it right is. this is like the generation of apps. Exactly. So it's and it, they're not like like you said, it's like you can find somebody in communications to make sure you're speaking to the community in the easiest way, but the most yeah, relevant way. Yeah. Exactly. You can get a graphics designer. And you know what? If you wanna go f- even deeper it, it, technology is so vast right now. If you said, I need a biologist with a graphics degree or who knows how to do graphics, I need to purchase a graphic from them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can find a biologist 
who has knowledge about these terms and can make the graphic to be like up to that um standard academic standard yeah exactly okay like you can do that yeah all right oh i'm sure that's editors are part of life but you can pay for somebody to edit your stuff yeah all right and then quality control is whoever's printing your stuff if the quality control through the printer it's the printer's problem you didn't pay for that yeah right so there's things that can be solved. It's just like there's this like level of complacency yeah. that drives me fucking nuts because it's like, oh, they'll get the point. Okay, yeah, I got the point, but... It could be better. It could be better. Like, I'm trying to educate myself yeah. and be as knowledgeable as possible, but just some things are just out of date, even though this was printed in 2018. Yeah. Well, if it feels like it's out of date after being printed in 2018... And w- us who are not techies, like, I, I, I'm I, trying to take, like, a class at my local community college. It's like a two-day class on how to open up a computer properly. That's how untechy I am, and that's how much I'm saying you need to update your tech and update your, like, how you're doing things. Yeah. Because people have innovated things in the last five years to make life easier, mm-hmm. more accessible, and vastly cheaper. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I feel it. Yeah. <sighs> That's frustrating. If, if the yearly subscription to IGA and NGAA has an app, and that's part of your yearly subscription to be in the association, well, fuck. Everybody has a phone. Yeah. Everybody has Everybody has a phone. And that would be so easy. You could just control You're already taking everything. it out every year. Yeah, you're taking my association free out every year. And we're communicating constantly. Mm-hmm. If you need more money for your association, then just add more to it. I mean, don't kill us. But, like, make it worth it. Yeah. They just sound like they need to come up to date with yeah. technology. Yep. And their books need to be better. So that's, I'm only a step one, guys. So, like, take everything that we're saying with a grain of salt and complain. You should always take what we say with a grain of salt. Vanessa just loves to complain. I just like to critique things. And (laughs) if some change happens with that, or if you are just like, this is, like, well, I'm already doing it, so I'm going to have to do it. But, like, if this program is bogus for you, let me know. If it was amazing for you, let me know. If Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily bogus. I don't think so either. But... And that's, like, not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to put out there that they need to have a level of standard. Exactly. Exactly. And it's... What's the international on it? I want to know that. I heard... I Correct me if I'm... Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But I think in order to work somewhere, like, in Europe or something, you have to be a part of an association. And I think it's the International Groomers Association because it's the only one that's internationally recognized so i think like somewhere you have to go through this program in order to be a groomer i could be very wrong but i think i saw that somewhere on facebook like forever ago well on their website they reach out to a lot of asian countries like there's ijs repped in a lot of asian countries new zealand certain parts of europe Mm -hmm. which is cool so that's and then that's the only reason why I was just like international superstar. <laughs> that's the only reason why I chose this, guys. I don't know the difference between 
either of the two associations. I think they're fairly similar. I think they're fairly similar. I could be wrong. Um, I know a lot of a lot of the more popular master groomers that we see are NGAA. Um, so you, maybe they're just a step above better. I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe I'll do NGAA. Or maybe they just rep their groomers a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like they just push out those groomers a little bit better. Yeah. Um. Or it's just I don't know. Not, the 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 NGA is just a little bit more recognized here. Yeah. And supported a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but it just sounds like they need a huge overhaul. It just is a headache. Yeah. Things are just not easy for groomers. And that's that's my point. That is yeah. my point. Is like we're such a small industry, but an industry that we're needs not, change. We're not. That's the thing. Though. We don't have great representation, and they're and supposed to be an educational so, company, but yet they're not repping the industry very well. No, I just I honestly think. Okay, so like I already talked with Vanessa about other things like locally going on in like my head and the rabbit hole that I've been in but honestly this is such a it's it's completely different it's completely opposite and that is why there's a problem and an issue and things need to change and all of us have been bitching about change for way too long yeah the industry is huge it is constantly growing the last time I checked it was a 7.6 billion dollar industry yeah. and the thing about that is is that if we don't feel like we're a part of that industry that means there's an issue. That means we have no control over that money. The money's going in, it's not coming back. And that's when it comes to like our smaller things. We still take up a large percentage of the industry with our labor. And so if we're not feeling like things are easy for us already, that's yeah. a problem. If things aren't accessible for us, that's a problem. If there's like this weird gatekeeping thing going on, which has been going on for years, that weird gatekeeping, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like keeping like, secrets to yourself and yeah. like keep, I know what gatekeeping is, but what are we gatekeeping? Well, there's like there's education. Like you it like we you have to have these associations, but they're hard, not easily accessible or they're difficult to navigate because Yeah. Are they set up that way? Is it Oh, like are they doing it? Purposeful. Yeah, uh, exactly. Are the old school groomers trying to keep their standards versus new school groomer standards or updated standards? You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like it's like nothing is regulated. People are like trying to keep things to themselves or they're trying. And I understand trying to monetize your skill. If you are really great at what you do yeah. and you have really good information, but you're the only one. So you monetize your skill, I understand. But you're still not getting rich off of your skill. Or you're not getting to the point like you're you're balling out of control off of your skill because you gatekeep it until somebody paid for it. Yeah. You know, I understand that it's part of the process, but it's just so, it's just so, how do I, complicate it. It's not easy. Yeah. And I like when people are innovating and making ease, making it easier and more accessible yeah. to that information. And it just seems like the grooming industry is very outdated. Yeah. And there was a couple people who were, like, trying to innovate it further. Who? Um, Groomer Society, but I don't think they're doing it anymore. And Groom House is... House. It's House. House. It's sweetheart. It's house, but it's spelt the German way. It's still house. So it's groom house. Um, 
but Groom House has made it extremely accessible to really good information. Groomer Society's been gone for a while. No, I know, but like it, it, it was still something that it wasn't like it wasn't like treks. It wasn't like tracks. It wasn't manuals. It wasn't any of that. Oh yeah. So you're getting the information straight out of the 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 master groomer's mouth. Yeah, but there was no. It's they just do online education. They're not an actual like certification program. No, I know. So mm-hmm. like the certification is becoming outdated because the out the certification programs are not. Even though people still want certification. Yeah. Like, people still want to know that the person that they're going to has something. Yeah. Has that paper, has that certification. It's just not easy. It's not easily accessible. Exactly. But then you have Groom House that's making it really accessible for you to get information from Mm -hmm. the teacher who who had a school going. Yeah. Like, who ran a school, a groom school. You know what I mean? So, like, you have the oldest oldest information and that all sounds bad but keep up with me guys the you have the old oldest information the person who has the vast amount of information who still has the connections to the newest information and they're monetizing that but it's accessible and easy to understand to focus to interact with but it doesn't come with certifications you see where i'm going with IGA, NGAA, and other certification programs. Yeah. I'm not saying be groom house. I'm saying you see what they're doing. It's benefiting us. Yeah. It's easy for us. It just doesn't come with certification. Yeah. So, like, there's just too many bridges to cross, and there's just too many... It's just too much. Yeah. Like, make it fucking easier. Yeah. Yeah. The groomers tend to be, like, in their ways. And, and like, you have to break out of that in order for people to benefit. Yeah, because the... All right, everybody talks about groomer burnout. Yeah. Right? Okay, so I forgot where we were at. We took a quick break because somebody had to eat. Um, Yeah, that breastfeeding shit's real. I'm hungry all the time. That's fine. So I think I was talking about, like, groomer burnout. And everybody thinks... Like, that's such a really, like, that's such a difficult thing for our industry because when groomer burnout happens, usually they you leave yeah. the industry completely. And so we're having a groomer shortage. I still constantly see locally, like, grooming salons pop up and then they disappear. And then the people that have pretty established groom grooming uh, salons are constantly constantly looking for people Mm -hmm. and i'm never on facebook but when i'm on facebook there's people from other states like hey in this area i need a groomer blah 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 yeah you know people are you know trying to they add bonuses like i've seen upwards up to five thousand dollars fifty percent and good benefits or they say benefits that sounds amazing it is not the standard of no. and it's only happening right now it you know what i mean it's yeah like and it's and it's not the standard and so like you don't have um uh, a lot of people with experience because they're burnt out they didn't get those benefits before 
So they burnt out left. And then you have new groomers and nobody wants new groomers because they don't have the time to teach them to teach them. And I understand that. And it's nobody's fault. But like you don't have the time. Yeah, we should you know? have education for that. Exactly. And so like groomer burnout is because it's just not worth it. Groomer burnout, people can live doing jobs that are um, menial. Menial? Mm-hmm. Is that the menial, word? Yeah. Yeah. People can do those jobs if the pay is well, there's benefit, and, like, there's enough breaks in between. Yeah. Groomer burnout happens because groomers are realizing that this job is not worth doing. Yeah. 100%. There's no benefit in disabling yourself. No. There really isn't. <laughs> For the amount of labor that you do, getting the pay that you get paid. So, obviously, there's a big problem with that in general. And then when it comes to education not being accessible, another problem. So, you see how, like, how awful our industry is. And there's more problems. So, that's what we've been talking about. And um, I hope those who have those associations don't try to gatekeep or strongly gatekeep the information make it accessible make it easier because um you're only doing a disservice yeah when things are more complicated because it's already too complicated of a job and it not having enough benefit in the end yeah so sorry you can love dogs all you want i I, i'm baffled at sometimes i see in grooming groups somebody saying i recently just retired from this job I have, and I think grooming is awesome, and I would like to learn. That baffles me, and it's not because I don't think learning at any age is an issue. You should always be learning, but you you need those years of muscle memory. Yeah, you need those years of muscle memory so that way, when you get to retirement age, your body kind of knows how to deal with that pain and those problems. Yeah. But starting off at that age is, is hard. Oh, no, it really is. Yeah. I think I've only seen one person successfully continue to groom starting at an older age. And they probably had a lot of resources, and they probably set it up for success for themselves. Well, it was Diane at PetSmart. She wasn't that old. She was in her 40s. Yes, but that's kind of older. No, she wasn't in her 40s. She was in her 40s. Diane's young. Late 40s. No. No, Diane's young. Really? She's fucking young. She looked older. <laughs> Diane's young. She oh, had her okay. babies at 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Then. But then you also have to remember that she went to ABC Groom School and learned nothing that was useful no, yeah, for grooming at nothing. the time. You know what I mean? But she yeah. had the resources to... Well, and she also did it right. She never killed herself from the beginning. She no, was, and she still doesn't. She was very adamant that she wasn't going to do more than six dogs a day. Yes. She wasn't going to do this so many big dogs. she never killed herself. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she still makes sure she gets benefits. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, she did it right. Yeah. So, but she's the only, I guess, you could say who started at know. a middle age. Yeah. Um, to successfully continue grooming. Okay, so now we're going to get into some stories. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess I don't get an update this episode. <laughs> update for what? My life? 
Damn. Oh, <laughs> you took the whole damn episode. We, I, you know what? I really <laughs> did. I, we really just went into like everything, but you kept commentating on it. So yeah, you know, it's partially your fault. What's your update? I mean, I can update next episode. It's cool, but I'm going back to work. We have a date set. Yeah. Yeah. Officially, what's the date? March 9th. Oh, that's so quick. Soon. That's so quick. I don't like it. Ugh. I was hoping Harvey would just, like, forget about the whole thing. Like, it never happened. Right. And he didn't. If I was really good at driving, I'd be like, hire me and just pay me more than more I'm getting paid at my job. Yeah. And that's three days a week I'd work. Yeah. But. It's really not that hard. You get, like, the first, okay, I shouldn't say that. The first year is the hardest. Okay. Do you want to deal with me learning at the same time I'm asking for more money than what I already get paid? Yeah. Because I'd have to train anybody else. So what's the difference? Well, you you also at this point don't have to train anybody. You just have to no, do it yourself. True. Yes. Yeah. So that's a decision up to you. Well, like, and my clients apparently. Okay. So real quick before we get to stories, I just got a message from the lady that I've been referring my client that I had referred my clients to, uh-huh. and she was just like saying thank you and like um, that she appreciates it. And a lot of my clients had used her. <laughs> and you okay? Well, he probably got a duct that shot in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My daughter would do that. She would just get that really good, like, and just, um, rhythm and momentum. And then just that one duct on comes unclogged and she's just choking and dying. Yeah. And I have good shooters. Um, so she messaged me, actually, this morning. And she was saying, like, thank you. And she's like, but a lot of your clients have been complaining, you know, because, like, I've been taking, you know, mean to rearrange schedules. And she's like, been giving them discounts when they complain and i'm like what the fuck like that's why they keep complaining yeah i'm like my clients never gave me lip i've got a chronic illness i'd call out like once a week and i'm telling her this like i'd call out like once a month and rearrange and sometimes my clients would have to wait till their next appointment and i'm like and i never gave them a discount and she's like so basically they're just using me and i was like it sounds like it i'm like because I don't give discounts to, like, anybody unless I see blood. Yeah. And she was like, oh, man, I guess I need to be stricter. And I was like, yeah. Buddy. I was like, yeah, you should do that. Be stricter. <laughs> but yeah. So, March 9th. That's exciting. No, not really. I don't want to go back. Um, I just want more money. So just pay me more money. When I look at babies, money is just a concept <laughs> that I don't want to be a part of. But then, like, my spending habits <laughs> is not a one-income household spending habit. Yeah. So, I got to go back. I just don't want to. Well, go back and see how the demand is. Like, if the demand is just too much for you, one day a well, week. Well, I'm only taking 50 clients. I'm not. But what do you mean by demand? Like, let's just say, like, when, like, you go back and you're only taking 50 clients and that one day a week is too much for you, but, like, you know people are still wanting you or wanting different days, um, then hit me up. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't think I'd be able to afford anybody. Well, I don't know if that's true yet. Yeah, Because, exactly. like, I'm doing a 25% increase. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you start seeing, it can be done. The business can do it. Needs another person. And you want more time with your kids. And I am at that age where I can stay away from my kids and I'm only working three, four days a week. Yeah, at that point, you could work whatever. Because we'd have to share the um, the unit. But I'd, I'm only working Wednesdays. So any other. Which you're off Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So that work, that would work. Yeah, you just have to do the numbers. I make twenty two fifty an hour. I hate it. I feel like I need to make more. Twenty two fifty an hour with your commission and hourly? That's when I'm grooming. That's my twenty two fifty is my grooming. When I'm not grooming, I only get paid twelve fifty an hour. So basically would twenty two fifty the entire time without a decrease in pay. Is that like doable or Twenty two fifty an hour the whole time. The whole time. Yes. And I'm only doing six hours of grooming. Yes. Yes, that would be an increase of my pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's cleaning, scheduling. Well, you wouldn't and be driving. doing any scheduling. Well, no, but that's like if you needed me to. That's what I do now. Yeah. So I only get twelve fifty an hour when I'm cleaning, scheduling, answering phones. And that's it. That's stupid. But I you only should just be getting twenty two fifty the whole fucking time. I totally agree, one hundred percent. Like that's dumb. Why would she do that? Because she is that legal? I don't feel like that's legal. It is legal because I'm getting my bonuses. It's a W two. I'm getting my bonuses when I'm grooming. So if I'm doing six hours of grooming, I'm getting paid the twenty two fifty for those six hours of grooming. So the more labor I do, the more I get paid. That's dumb. So, yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. It's not dumb. I see in the business way, like, how that works. But now I'm getting... But I'm all for fairness, so... Yes. And I'm I'm also feeling a little exploited. And that's my thing, is, like, I think it was after the first year when I get... I just... The thing is, though, is I do not believe in corporate raises. And you start putting those cents on raises is fucking stupid like oh you're making uh 30 cents more an hour no (laughs) that doesn't do anything no that doesn't give me a boner to stay exactly and then you take my yearly bonus away when i got you a gold star yeah yeah and then like like i understand like expansion and all the other stuff is like that expansion should not affect your employees if it the expansion is affecting your employees then you shouldn't be expanding i agree i 100 percent agree so like that's what i don't understand is like it shouldn't affect us but like and i don't think she's ever said anything about it affecting us i don't know i think when you i just told, feel like it does i feel like it does like so when i go back and like because they're not expanding grooming with the expansion Mm -hmm. they're just updating my room and like making it a little bit more livable i think when i go back and like feel it out feel it out because i still have a vacation so maybe i'll feel different when i come back from vacation but like yeah because i wouldn't I, i don't know i'd have to i'd have to do a whole new business plan in order to see if what i would want to do would be able to work yeah because with even my old prices, I couldn't afford an employee. Which I don't understand how the... You all know who I'm talking about, but, like, the um, mobile grooming company guy. Like, he's opening up a salon now on top of his mobile. Who? 
Jonathan? Yeah. He, okay. I don't know how he does it, and his prices are the same as mine. But I don't know if he charges hourly or if those are just standard pricing. Either way, the groomers that he's had aren't, I wouldn't say they're power groomers, but they can make that money. Like if he, cause he charges was like $85 for like a small dog. Yeah, but you have to do payroll. Like he, all that's expensive. He went to school for that. That was, okay, so. So he's a business major. So he was a stay-at-home dad because his wifey went to school. Yeah. Then his wifey started making buco money. Yeah, nurses make good money out here. Yeah, and so he went back to school. And that's what he was doing when he was grooming a little bit. He was learning. He's just really smart. But, like, I just don't get how he's making, like, on top of payroll and all the other things that you need to have employees, like how he's coming out on top like that he i think he just understands how to do it and his groomers aren't not getting paid because i know the groomers that work for him they're gonna have to get paid so, yeah like he's gonna have to pay them a fair amount of money yeah i want to know how he does it unless he's giving up the mobile life and just going to the salon he has three he has three units I know, but you could always just sell and go to salon. But I don't foresee him doing that. No, I think I, he's opening up. I think he just because I know where he's opening up, and I'm very tempted to like go over there and see what's up. Where's he opening up? Warm Springs in Durango, right by my house. Huh. There was a grooming salon over there, and maybe they just didn't. It didn't. It didn't work out for that grooming salon. But he's really, really business savvy, really business smart. So. I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, I'm thinking he took his sweet-ass time with that first unit, which he did. He took a long time to build up that first unit, uh-huh. kept raising his prices, kept hiring and factoring in. I think he just knows how to do a business plan in his head at that moment because he's, he knows he knows his stuff, yeah. right? Because he went to, he got he has the education for it. So then, and he's also been a manager before. Yeah. So then, um... So he already knows how to manage people. He already knows how to do payroll and scheduling and all that other fun jazz. And he already knows groomers. So I think he just got very, very lucky. He's also very smart. And then he took his time with that first one. And I think he got that first one at the right time. And he kept his prices high enough at the right time. So then now when people are creeping up to his prices and he'll- We're at the same price. Huh? Last time I checked, we were at the same price. But salons are creeping up now. So sal- some salons are raising their prices. I know, but he doesn't have a salon yet. No, I know. But, like, you you guys still want to be above the salon prices. Yes. So he's constantly raising his prices. Well, what's his price now? Because the last time I checked, it was 85 It's still 85 Okay. So me but, and him have the same prices. How come he can do it better than I can is my point. Okay. I think he's just smarter than you. Damn. Yes. I want to, like, ask him, but then I don't know if he's the type of guy that's, like, well, now we're competition. And it's like, well, well it's not really competition. mean anything. I, I send people his way all the time. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, yeah. to me, there's no such thing as competition. And I think he still grooms, too. I think he's just, like, his life is just... Like, I want to know how to expand the way that he's expanding but i don't know if he would get, keep that information is my point ask him maybe we can have a sit down with him yeah because i'm like 
I want to be able to do that. Uh-huh. And he seems like he does it so effort- effortlessly, which that's just the way it comes off on social media. Like, he was posing with a Lamborghini. Oh, it's a Maserati. Okay. With that really cool yeah. wrap. Yeah. I want, I don't want oh. the Maserati, oh. but I want Maserati money. Oh, you see and what I'm then, saying? Oh, no. And then he had the Maserati, and then I think he got a hit. It, it was a his, and then he got a hers Maserati. I'm pretty sure. But that's my point, is that, like, he... I don't want the Maserati, but I want the money. Him and his wife, like, really, really... I don't know who they are in person, like, their life. But from what I've seen and from what I hear and what I know is that, like, they really had things very leveled out. There was very communicative, like sacrifices made and then there was timelines that they adhered to so like you go to school i stay at home you are at this level but now it's my turn our kids are now at this level so now this is what i'm gonna do and that's kind of like what me and harvey are doing but my business is always stagnant i also think that like he he moves a little bit faster than you you are very like cautious i don't think he's as cautious and i think he's also been very lucky yeah no i'm very cautious and that's why i haven't expanded but i also don't know how and then i don't like i have okay so i have a plan a or i have a point a and i have a point b but I don't know how to do the middle. And so, like, that's what I need help with. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I tried to do a business advisor, and she wanted a shit ton of money. And I'm just like, mm, like, uh, over $1,000. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he spent a couple thousand dollars to just learn business. Yeah, for school. Yeah. So, so like, I could throw him a couple bones, but, like... He might not have the time. But he might give you a good instruction or direction. Yeah, that's what I'm, like, wondering if he would gatekeep that. But Jonathan doesn't seem gatekeepy. No, he's actually really nice. Mm -hmm. Very flexible. He's very helpful for the most part. Um, And I think he's just, I think he, I think smarts and luck and a really strong support system. Because his family is, like, really tight, too. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's got the his. The Hispanic family. That doesn't mean shit. You have a Hispanic family. <sighs> yeah, you're right. Right? Dang. My Hispanic side isn't as tight as my white side, too. But Okay, yeah, let's do some stories. All right, let's do some stories. Okay, so... This person doesn't say what... If they want to be anonymous or not? Yeah, it doesn't say. So... Anyway, this came from our website, and um, I feel like we've read her stories before, maybe, or we've talked to her before. Anyway, her name is Desiree. Hi, Desiree. And the message says, um, I just found your podcast last month, and I can't stop listening. Every time I talk about you guys with my coworker, I keep accidentally saying, oh, these girls I talk to... (laughs) So my most recent story is that I had this lady come into the shop with her chow and basically tell Ew. me what she can pay for Mm-mm. the full groom. And <laughs> I was just dumbfounded no. that that just happened. <laughs> I couldn't even say anything other than look at my coworker. Like, did she, did, did that just happen? 
You're like, did bitch just stutter? Mind <laughs> you, we already gave her a deal of $90. Oh, <gasps> $90? Dude, I give a chow a deal and he's still $180. Yeah, and that's cheap. $90? Oh my God. You're selling your soul. Um, whew, okay. That hurt. Yeah, my that that hurts a lot. It made me pucker. Uh-huh. Okay, so $90 when we groom um, should be $120 plus. Totally agree. Yeah. And that's discounted. Yeah. And she was only wanting to pay $55. Ha! She could pay $55 with a door hitting her ass right bye you can deal with that chow at your house and to top it to top everything off my boss is old-fashioned and stuck in the old prices and tells the woman that it should shouldn't be as much as last time even though we had already given her a deal i need advice to get him to raise our prices we are still doing small dogs for 40 dollars. <gasps> sorry for the horrible story but i'm sure you guys get what i'm saying i'd also like to hear if you guys have any stories of people coming into your shop saying that they can only pay that amount or is that just our shop? So, okay. Oh, my God. So, first of all... Um, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, wait. But she has a, a second email. I forgot to add. I also like some advice on convincing my boss to use 123Pet or any kind of program that it's instead of a Rolodex and old-fashioned appointment book. Okay. So, to your first point, I had this golden retriever. And I think I mentioned it before about this golden retriever... Um, she kept corresponding with me and saying she would love to get her golden retriever groomed. She heard our reviews. She basically just saw that we got the little, the little, this is when people started flooding in when, you know, we are, became best of Las Vegas. So this was right around like Christmas ish. We were corresponding back and forth and we do offer free 15 minute consultations, but that's important to me. Um, she kept corresponding back and forth about how she would like the golden groomed and she kept saying how wonderful the dog is and how her daughter would love to pay for the grooming and i said okay and i gave her the price of what a rough estimate would be for a golden um if the golden comes in all the time and it has a very low like not really shedding and it's just like a basic bath it's still 90 dollars. yes okay your so price never changes my price never changes because i'm again hourly so it's an hour and a half for a golden if they're coming in on the regular. And I told her, and I didn't quote her that price, but that's a lot what I see with some of my Goldens because they're smaller Goldens, less hairy. Mm -hmm. And um, so I quoted her two hours to three hours. And I think that's pretty yeah. accurate. So 120 to 180, yeah. which is a big jump, but I told her it's roughly between that price. And she's like, and I explained to her it's $60 an hour. And she's like, oh, well, what, what do I get for paying $60 what do I get in that hour? And I told, she basically kept alluding and evading the fact that I told her, this is what grew, this is what I'm going to charge you. Yeah. And she's like, well, I can't afford that, Bye. but I can afford the 60. So, <laughs> and I told her, well, it doesn't work that way. No. And that was the last, and she was very gracious about it. She said, thank you. Thank you. But I think she was just trying to be like getting, getting what she wanted in the nicest way possible. Yeah. And I'm basically telling her no in the nicest way possible. Yeah. But if people are flat out saying, I can't pay that, I say thank you very much. Yeah. So, I hope you have a better journey finding a new groomer. Yeah. You I know. just straight up tell people, you know, because, I don't know, I think it's stupid for people to ask, but I guess there's no harm in asking, other than it's inconvenient for my time. 
Um, but when people try to price haggle with me, I just say my prices are non-negotiable. Yeah. And literally that's it. I don't follow it up with anything else. There's nothing in front of it. I just say, unfortunately, my prices are non-negotiable. Yes. And then they'll either say, okay, thank you, or they don't respond. Yes. And if they do respond, then, and they say, well, I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, well, have a good day. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to continue this conversation because you're not a client for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's really the only thing that you can do if you're, you know, dealing with people like that, unless you're okay with negotiating your prices, which if you are, I don't think you should be. But exactly um, because you're a business and your business, your prices are standard for a reason. So just, yeah, say you're if you don't want to further a conversation, just say your prices are non-negotiable. And if your boss says they'll take in that client, they're the ones to do it. Unfortunately, they are your boss. So that's a good follow up to your next question is how can you convince your boss to raise their prices? And to be honest, it's not really your place. But here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, and this is I think a this is how I got around Petco pricing because Petco has a standard pricing. Yeah. But I told the manager when I was coming in to work for Petco, I'm not going to abide by their pricing. And if it's 47 for a Yorkie, and I feel that my skill is worth more, I charge them more. So I still charge 55 I for a Yorkie. I think that's different because nobody really gives a fuck about corporate. So no, they did. They had problems with it. Okay. So that's what I'm saying is like, if you communicate with your boss and say, Hey, if you're not going to actually raise the prices and this is where I feel like my skill is at, and this is what I feel like I'm worth here working for you as a laborer, you mm -hmm. know, you still have to feel like you, and you don't want to negotiate, but you still, and unfortunately you have to. But you still, you should still feel like, regardless if it's your boss, you have, you should have the power to negotiating your salary at least to some degree. You salary, know what I mean? Because yes, yes, but because, prices is completely different. But my point is, is that if the prices are higher because you feel your skill is higher than what he's pricing, he's not going to lose anything from you individually saying, okay, if it's forty dollars for a small dog. But this dog comes to you and you know you push out more than $40 worth of quality and you say it's going to be $45 today. Um, I am at this level of grooming, right? And the boss is like, yeah, you can make up your own individual prices with our guideline. You know, $40, it starts at $40 and you say you're worth more and you charge them $45 for that extra, what, $250 an hour? For that, I mean, it's not going to benefit any, or, you know, nobody's at a loss there if you're making individual prices for yourself with that guideline. So that's something you can ask your boss. Like if he is like, doesn't want to change the pricing at all and he wants to keep his particular clients at that level and he doesn't want to upset them, then he can keep the $40 for the small dog. And you say, well, I'm not going to groom those dogs for that cheap because I'm not making any money doing that. You can. You can. You can groom the dogs at $40 for a Yorkie. You can groom the $40 Yorkie. Yeah. I'm going to groom the $45 Yorkie. That's assuming that he would be okay with it. And if not, just... But if you look at your position, you're a groomer, there's not a lot of groomers. Does he want to lose you? Do you want to leave? No, probably not. 
I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of on the opposite of this, that, like, should the owner raise the price? Their yes, prices? 100%. Yes, 100%. That's not, I'm not disagreeing with that. But I don't necessarily feel like, as a business owner, if my employees are trying to come over and negotiate, like, get me to raise my prices, and I've already established that no, then I don't feel like my employees should keep coming at me to to do this. Because clearly it's a no. So, like, if there was a conversation that has already been had, and she's, or he, the owner, has a said no already yeah then continuing the conversation could put her at risk of losing her job yeah but as an owner in this day and age and in this environment you are also at risk of losing an employee no 100 percent. so do you do, but, like, but is it like is it ego that is it ego that if somebody's saying i need more money how can we make more money together? There is a negotiation of salary is completely different than telling me what to do with my business. But that's my point is as if she says they need to raise prices. He says no. Yes. And she needs money. Everybody needs more money. Mm-hmm. And we all know no groomer can live off of 50% of $40 for a small dog. Like in this day and age. Of course. You know. So like... Is it ego because somebody's coming at you with a problem that you don't necessarily want to fix at that moment? Or is it, like, is that a greater conversation? Like, I think the sly way of going about doing it is going in, and especially because it's the beginning of the year. Yeah. And is negotiating salary. And if he simply says, well, the business can't afford it, then you can gently say, well, what if we raise prices? Yes. But not going in saying, hey, we need to raise prices because I need more money. Do you see how that sounds like different? No, I know. But that's my point. Is that your ego because you feel like you're being attacked? Or is that a a genuine problem that you as an owner can potentially fix? Or is it a situation like in the corporate setting where... They have upcharges, which are, I hate fucking upcharges. I think they're bogus and I don't believe in them, but they have upcharges for a reason. So if a groomer has been grooming for so many years and the base price is 40 for a Shih Tzu at Petco, they can essentially do 55 on the dog because they know that corporate has a setting for prices, but they know the surrounding area is more expensive and they know that they have better quality. Yeah. So they can raise those prices with that upcharge. Which is stupid. Yeah. No, no. But I don't agree with that either. But I just don't see how it's appropriate. And the grooming industry definitely has this mindset that you can tell business owners what and what they cannot, what they can and cannot do with their business. But you don't see someone who works at a restaurant, mom and pop place, going and telling the owner, well, you need to raise prices on bread. Like, toast you know what i mean so why is it appropriate for employees to feel that they can tell a business owner what they what to do with their business when you can't do that in other industries it's well because our industry doesn't have one the higher higher regulations as far as no they don't because when if you're looking if you're comparing it to like a food and restaurant there is going to be a standard baseline price for Uh, most waiters and servers and stuff like that and when it comes to pricing of food there's actually laws and regulations on what you can charge 
based yes. on the seasonal food and available. And then you also have the skill. So then let's say as an owner, you have a master groomer. A master groomer rolls in, the quality is master groomer. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna say that that groomer um, should be paid the same amount as a, a one or two year groomer with your baseline prices? As long as it doesn't go over my 30 35%, you know, payroll, uh -huh. then so they you, would be chart paid differently yes. than someone who is a year and a two years in. Exactly. But that is based on skill and level, right? Yes. The same thing in the restaurant industry. You're going to charge more. Yes, but what does that have to do with my prices? Your prices... I get I, that my prices it, establish how much I can actually pay people. Yes. But her question is, how do I convince them to... Up, increase their prices and I'm saying that it's not necessarily a hundred percent their place she can negotiate her salary and bring up to the effect that well if the owner says I can't afford an in to give you a pay increase yeah. then you would just simply say well what if we possibly increase prices but if they've already had a conversation and he's already put his foot down stating no then on the price increase what more can she do? She could just ask, and it sounds like she's asked, and it sounds like there was already a no, but she can try and negotiate her her salary. That's yeah. That's my point. Yes, and if there's all if there's different options and if there's different ways of going about it, when you're talking about being appropriate and stuff like that, is that because as an owner you um, you have everything laid out as an owner business-wise, right? Mm -hmm. And you have your policies and procedures in place business-wise. And those need to be followed. A lot of the standard grooming is commission. And when it is commission, unfortunately, on paper, it looks like um, we are affected based on pricing. Not percentage of pricing, but literally just like the 100% yes. pricing. Yes. So, Which that's why we should get away from commission. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. But that does also give us a little bit more voice when it comes to pricing because our paycheck is completely... Um, it's based off based, of the price. Exactly. So she should be able to go to her owner without fear. And I'm not saying go in a disrespectful manner, but like say, hey, if the prices can't change, what can we do to make my pay that I feel I deserve a little bit better? Yeah. And most people are not going to give you a $10, $15 raise right off the bat. But if things are moving and progressing, you can do the same as well. It makes yeah. it easier for life. Yeah. So if he's saying, I can't afford more than $40, and she says, well, you can take the cheaper clients because you're the business. It's 100% your profit then. Let me negotiate and upcharge certain other clients. You know, it, it's it's all about, yeah. like, what can you work with with what you got. Yeah. So, but there always has to be a conversation, and you should feel comfortable going to the owner and not antagonizing the owner, yes, but as an owner, you still have that responsibility if you're sharing that much, especially if it's commission, if you're sharing that much profit yeah. and that much part of the business with a, a laborer employee, you know, mm -hmm a contractor, whatever, that they they should have a little bit of say. And you should still feel like you have a little bit of say if it's set up like that. I have no say. I'm hourly. Yeah. And, and as, for some reason, my brain was still in an hourly 
And I see where you're coming process. from. And you're like, I pay you hourly. Don't fucking come at me, bro. But the, yeah, if, no. And now it clicks because like when you were saying that, like I was, had like hourly in my head for some yes. reason. And yes, with commission, there does have to have a price increase conversation to that. Yeah. Because you, there's no one that's going to be increasing the commission once it's already at 50%. Because then that's business suicide. Exactly. Which 50% is business suicide anyways. And but I'm, you're probably at 50%, so the only way anybody's getting a raise is if prices, prices are raised. Increased. So that is the only way for you to make more money. And as far as, like, um, so, I, yeah, if you're hourly, I mean, your, your, your salary should always be negotiable. Um, but commission is harder. And that's commission why is harder. our industry should get away from commission. Yes. It's a little bit easier for the employee, and it also is a little bit easier for the owner because then again, so, you don't have those situations like this. Yeah, where they don't want to increase fifty percent of forty of whatever fifty percent. If you're not paying your laborers what they deserve, and you're trying to like keep those prices really low, and you're not making money on top of it, how do you think billionaires make a shit ton of money? They keep prices low. They pay their workers nothing. But if you're paying your workers nothing and your prices are so low and you're not Bezos, you're doing it wrong. So get over it. Try something different. Pay them appropriately. Yeah. Raise your prices appropriately. Try to find a, a balance and then work your way up to what you need. Yeah. Now, as far as like the digital thing, that is a really good way to save on costs is just keeping a paper. It is a bigger headache, in my opinion, keeping things all paper. But, like, obviously, if his prices are at $40... Honestly, it sounds like you... It, it sounds like you need to just find somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. This person probably needs to retire because, like, they're just trying to, like, pinch and save. Yeah. Because it's not that much money to have a program... No, it's I don't a good think way one, two, save, three, pet. Yeah, it's a good way to save 30 to, like, $90 a month. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that expensive. In the grand, Exactly, in the grand scheme of things. And it's a tax write-off. So, so I don't, I don't know. And I think one, two, three, pet, a uh, long time ago, you could buy it outright. So, yeah. I don't know if that's still the case, because I know. Well, um, I think at the beginning, a lot of people do that, and I love that. Because if you feel like you're ahead of the curve and you paid the $180 for the yeah. whole program. But then you, I think they went cloud-based also. So, like, you could do, like, a monthly thing. Yeah. So, you'd be losing out on upgrades and stuff like that. But at least with buying it outright, he'd, you'd at least have a digital version. So, yeah. it's, like, a win-win for both of you. Yeah. Like, you get an upgraded, like, an upgrade and have it digital. Um, but you might be losing the updates that it could possibly be getting if it's a monthly thing subscription also so it's like a good compromise um to convince him that it's not a monthly added expenditure yeah but so but honestly when you're talking about like pay versus like scheduling programs take the pay all the way take the pay if he is not paying you more and he's getting those scheduling programs i would be a little upset yeah Okay, if he's keeping things cheap and you're living cool, then I would probably forgive them a little bit. Yeah, but she's entitled to a pay raise, though. Oh, everyone's entitled to a pay raise, for so sure. So it sounds like however long she's been working there, she's never had a pay raise. Well, I mean, if it's commission, no. Yeah. 
You yeah. don't get raises in commission. That's why commission's so stupid. It is stupid. It's fucking stupid. I'm done and over I'm with over it. I'm over commission. Yeah. I don't... I like, I like saying, hey, I want more money. How do we make more money? Like, this is what I want. You need something. How do we make it work? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, it doesn't seem that hard. Yeah. It is hard. Because mm-hmm. there's no standard. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the next one. Thank you. I hope this helps. And you know what? If yes. you sent that in like a million years ago, and if you're just now hearing this, I hope you don't hate us too much. <laughs> right. Well, if she's been listening this long, she probably caught up and realized that I was on maternity leave. So. Yeah. She's probably like, damn, I sent it in at the wrong time. I should have been listening earlier when I didn't know this podcast existed. Ha. <laughs> huh. So okay, so this one is a okay. This is a double one as well. Ooh. Well, how long have we been recording for? I don't know, but you remember you breastfed for a second. I did. And so we still have the... to edit like half hour out because you ate too. Okay. So do you want me to do a short one really quick? Yeah, do a short story. So we're gonna be. I don't think we have any short stories. We to be do not have any. Um, Katie said, just stopping by to say hi. How much we miss you. I hope everything is going well with the both Vanessa's and the babies. They're doing great. Somebody just said hi. (laughs) Yeah, the next two are long stories, so we'll just... Yeah, we'll save those. Actually, the next three. Okay. So we'll save those for the next episode. Okay. Um, but... Okay. Ignore the baby noises. Um, Henry's chilling with us. He's super cute. So, we have been... Today... We're trying something new. I don't know if it will come out. I have to, like, learn how to edit it and stuff. But we're actually, like, video recording this episode. So, hopefully, it'll come out on YouTube at some point. (laughs) So, So that's the goal. Is we're going to slowly try to... Innovate. Innovate and, like... Expand. Yeah, move forward with the podcast. Now that we're both kind of, like, stable in life to a degree. Like, we both have kids and stuff. And, like, things can always happen. But we're kind of both, like, done with, like, these huge life plans that ate up a lot of our time. Yeah. So... It's true. Um, Like, we're kind of over dying and um, the pandemic has been around too long, so kind of know how to navigate it, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm done having babies, sadly. <laughs> I'm trying to convince my husband to have another one. These babies, man, they gave Even me baby Even though right fever. after she had those demon children were ripped out of her, she was like, I'm never doing this again. No. But now she's like... Oh no, my options have been shut down. Yeah, because my husband just had a vasectomy today. Oh my god. And so now she wants more. And now I want another one. Just one. Just one. So, because I made pretty cute babies. You won't be able to see his face because I'm going to block his face because it's YouTube and there's weird people. Um, but yeah, so hopefully there's a video that comes out soon. At the same time, when we put this out on our uh, listening platform, and we want all the input, yeah, we're not dancing monkeys, but like, we want all the input. Yeah, let us know the good, the bad, the ugly. This is all like these. We have such vast ideas, but we are both of us have really bad ADD, me especially, yeah. and like 
doing things is difficult for us. Yes, it's take. We've been doing this for three years, but we haven't we done haven't, anything with it. We haven't jumped to any next step, and we haven't like progressed. Mm-mm. And then, and honestly, guys, it's not because of like anything else but us. It's really us, and oh, yeah. like it's hard. Life doesn't help, um, but we also are now at that point where, like she said everything's leveling out but we realize we need we to do have the issues yeah. yeah so that's why your input is extremely important to us and what yeah. your thoughts are and yeah. the fun jazz yeah because you know we're we have the listeners to be able to do stuff so let's just slowly do it and i know you've heard this spiel before so hopefully the video we're gonna start with youtube first is proof i think both of us know that we need to start slow i know that i need to start slow and like take the plan and like chop it up into little baby pieces and then just go like that yeah Yeah. because sometimes we have grandiose ideas and it's overwhelming and then we shut down and we don't do anything exactly because it's too much and we need help and we don't realize how much help we actually need yeah and so yeah all right. Let's, okay. Let's get it moving. Let's do this. Let me uh, get my outro. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are out till next time. Send us your stories at groomerhumor at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Shit on the Table. Tell your friends to listen to us at Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Um, you can also send your stories to our website, which you can find on our Facebook. All right. Say bye. I'm not gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> he said bye. He did. <laughs>